the breath of life. He breathed life into you. You know, at the moment of conception, I believe there is life there. God himself created life within people, within human beings. And he created you to have that life abundantly that he's created for you. And we're going to talk about that today. To live an abundant and absolutely fulfilled life, you must see yourself as God sees you. And as you can see today, I have this beautiful gold frame framed here because I want you to frame your life as God sees it. Absolutely the way he sees it. I want you to embrace God's view of yourself, not the world's view or someone else's view of you. You know, I want you to ask yourself today, what inner self-portrait do you have of yourself? First of all, I want you to remember that God himself made you. In Psalm 139 verse 13, it says, you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what? That scripture should be on every single headline in the United States. That would answer every question in the big world issues, wouldn't it? Right there. That's the answer. That God created us the moment we were formed in the womb. He loves you so much. If we could just be convinced of the love that God has for us, we would not have to deal with those issues that we battle within. In John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have eternal life. In Jeremiah 31.3, it says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, a love that will never end. You may have been disappointed in life from past hurts or, or, or broken hearts, but you know what? The Lord says that His love for you is everlasting. His love will never fail you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. His love is perfect. If you had a parent that failed you, you know what God says, I want to be your father. You know, you are His child. In 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18 says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. You know, if we can be absolutely convinced in our spirits of what the Word of God says deep within our hearts that I am a child of the living God, then nothing else can shake us in this world. You are forgiven. You know, God sent Jesus to die for us on the cross so that we can live with Him forever. And in Psalms 103 verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, that's how far He's removed all sin from us. You know what? No sin can hold us down. No darkness can hold us down because we've already been won the victory on the cross. It says in Psalm 2 that He holds victory in store for the upright. Through the blood of Jesus, you are set free. The devil wants us to be under a heaviness, but God wants us to be set free. If, he can, if an enemy can lie to you and shut you down and shut your self-image down because you don't know who you are in Christ, then he feels like he's won the victory. But if you know who you are solidly in the Word of God, then you're going to walk in victory and an overcomer. You have a great future through the blood of Jesus. Jeremiah 29.11, as we all know, says that he knows the plans he has for us, for a great future and hope. And you know what? Today I just pray that you get a new revelation of that scripture. Because you know what? That's not just on a lot of plaques and, you know, in Christian places. But that is the truth that will set you free. If you can be totally convinced in your spirit that you know that you have a great future and hope through the Lord, then your life will have a whole new vision. And I'm asking God today to give you that whole new vision of your life, that you have a great future and hope. He will fulfill His purpose for your life. You know, if people can grasp vision for their life and purpose for their life and know that it's in God's hands, then they'll be totally set free because He said He's the one who will fulfill that purpose. He will. It says that in Psalm 138, verse 8. 
In Hebrews 13.5, it says he'll never leave you or forsake you. You may have had someone that you were in love with leave you and left you totally broken. But you know what? God says, I will never, ever, 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 ever leave you or forsake you. He's always with you. No matter where you can go, you cannot hide from his love. So I want you to be saturated absolutely, completely in his love today. It says in his word that he delights in you. And in Zephaniah 3.17, God absolutely delights in you. You know, as children, you love that time with your parents or with a loved one when they are just delighting in you and spending time with you. I know in our household we spend a lot of time with our kids just laughing and tickling them and just having a blast with them. And you know what? God's that way with you. He absolutely delights in you. He loves being with you. And he wants that. He cherishes that time that he can spend with you. And he wants you to be convinced in your spirit that he delights being with you. He wants to talk to you all day long and laugh with you and share in every moment with you. In um, Philippians 4.19 it says he will provide for you. You know, that's a big issue in the world. You know, a lot of people live in fear because they're, they're afraid that they're not going to have enough. And God wants you to know today, He promises He'll never leave you. He promises He will supply your every need. All He asks is that you seek Him first and cry out to Him. And He's faithful. It may be at the last minute, but you know what? He always comes through. He always comes through. If we're, he promises to take care of His children. He knows you by name. You know, you may feel alone. You may feel like nobody knows who you are. But God says, I know you by name. I know you by name. Isaiah 43, 1, one of my favorite scriptures says, I have called you by name. You are mine. You are God himself. In Isaiah 41, 9, it says, I have, He has chosen you and not rejected you. You know, the spirit of rejection is one of the major things people deal with in this world. And in Jesus' name, I pray that that's broken off of your life. You know, different things that you go through in life, people may have planted seeds in your life of lies that they didn't even realize they were doing it or of hurt. But God wants to set you free today from that. Any spirit of rejection. I know as a small child, I'm just going to be real honest, I dealt with that as a child because my parents were divorced and I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying, but through the situation, I felt a lot of rejection because of that separation there and and just you know I took it on myself to feel that that spirit of rejection tried to come after me but you know what the Lord set me free once he showed me his word and showed me that I was his child I am preaching from what I have been through myself that God himself says I have chosen you and set you apart and not rejected you he totally completely has accepted you and loves you God wants us to embrace his view of ourselves so we can walk in freedom. Rearrange your self-portrait today into a truer picture of who you are in Christ. I want you to redefine yourself and replace any fear or negative thoughts or any rejection with the truth of God's word today. God wants you to live in absolute freedom. I want you to think about this, that if you walk in the fear of man, that's a trap. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 29 verse 25, fear of man is a dangerous trap, but to trust in God brings safety. Who told you who you are? You know, who did you let define you? You know, was it people growing up? Was it influences or teachers? You know what? We're to walk in forgiveness and forgive those who hurt us. But you know what? It's not about the person. It's We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's the enemy, okay? The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. And the enemy wants you to be lied to, and he uses tools of people to lie to you and to pour through them lies and to cause fear, and that's a trap. And if you have defined yourself in your life by what others have said of you, God wants to set you free from that today. I love this quote. It says, Someone's opinion of you does not have to be your reality. 
Isn't that good? I'll say that again. Someone's opinion of you does not have to be your reality. In 2 Peter 2 verse 19 says, you're a slave to whatever controls you. You know, so many people are bound up in fear and they're controlled by the opinion of man. About what is this person going to think of me? What if I say this or do that? How is that going to affect my life? But you know what? The only person we need to please is the Lord himself. And as we walk in fear of the Lord and trusting him, then he is going to give us favor with God and man. We don't have to think about what others are going to think. All we need to do is please his heart. In Second um, Peter 2.19, it did say that you're a slave to whatever controls you. Well, you know what? If you let the Lord himself control you, then all your actions and everything is going to reflect that. The Holy Spirit is going to work through you, and you're going to be set free. It's just the opposite of what, what um, the opinion of man would do. It would bind you up. Well, the opinion of the Lord would free you up. You need to love and accept yourself for who God made you, God himself. I know the ladies have heard me say this before. The Lord gave me this word when we were actually at the retreat this last this year. The Lord said, Kristen, let the one who made you define who you are. And I love that. that. That quote itself that the Lord put in my spirit really has set me free so many times. To let the one who made me define me. He is the one who does the absolute definition of yourself. Amen? He's so good. As you read the Word of God, you find out how God values you. That's why it's so important to stay in the Word of God every single day. Because if we don't know the Word, the enemy can lie to us, and then we can be ensnared by the opinion of man or a circumstance that's going on in your life. But if we know the Word of God, we can raise up that shield of faith, and we can raise up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and say, no, devil, that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's made me right with God through the blood of Jesus. Amen. John 8 verse 32 says, You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. And that's how we know the truth is by getting in the Word. Amen. Romans 8 verse 2 says, Through Jesus Christ, the Spirit of life, set me free. His Spirit is the Spirit of life. And that's what we're talking about today is life. That's our key word today is talking about your life and seeing your life as God sees you. You know, there's so many movie stars today and people, famous people that we hear about. They're dealing with major issues, and you would never know it unless they came out. Sometimes they come out and say, oh, they were in some kind of rehab or something. And you know what? My heart just aches for them, and I pray for them. You know, there's no distance in prayer. You know, there's, these are the people that have been put in front of our young people as role models a lot of times. And we really need to pray for them that the Lord will, that they'll just cry out to God in their hearts. I know God is working in that place, so He's really put that burden on my heart to pray for them. And I was reading an article. I was actually getting my hair done this last week and I, was, I don't ever look at magazines normally, but the, this, the magazine was laying open and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to look at this and read this. And there was a young girl who's been a very big influence on a lot of people in the world, um, you know, young, young girls, and she actually, you know, had, seemed to have a beautiful, wonderful life, glamorous, you know, had everything. And then here she found out that she was dealing with bulimia and cutting herself and different issues. Well, she came right out and said, I'm estranged to my father. And that was very interesting to me because a lot of times the root is the self-image that you get from your own father. And, and I mean, that's not always the case, but you could see a hole in her heart where her self-image had not been built solidly on the Word of God. And I prayed for her. I was like, Lord, you know, I know you allowed me to see this so that I can pray for her and pray. And this, it just confirmed the message that I was to share with you today, just to see yourself as God sees you. And my heart so went out to her. I'm like, Lord, please let her see herself as you see her totally forgiven free and set free i pray for her freedom today so the spirit of life will set you free and that's the spirit of the living god he's so good well the more you see yourself as god sees you the more you get a true view of yourself 
that it's either the lie of the enemy or the truth of the word of God. So I'm praying you grasp completely, wholly today, that truth that will set you free. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says, People look on the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. In Deuteronomy 14, verse 2, it says, The Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. You know, God's plans for us are good. And he, we are his treasured possession. He wants to form us and create us and make us to be everything that he's created us to be because he has a great plan. And, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in the everyday of our own plans. But God wants us to surrender them all to him and let him, his plans live through us. Point number three, living in favor every day. You know, those spell life. L, living, I, N, F, favor, E, every day, life. Living in favor every every day of your life. God wants you to see your life through his eyes as living in favor every day of your life. You know, we've only got this through the blood of Jesus. It's by his own grace, as Pastor Mark said earlier, that it's, it's all grace. He makes all grace abound toward us. And as his grace abounds towards us through the blood of Jesus, we will live in that favor. In Psalms 5, verse 12, it says, You bless the righteous. You surround them with favor, with your favor, as with a shield. Favor, the definition of favor in the, in the dictionary is a spirit of approval, goodwill, or partiality. You know, we have the favor of God through the blood of Jesus. It's nothing that we have earned, okay? So when I tell you this next quote, it's not because they have earned it or anything, but I want to tell you that every day our kids say, I am blessed and highly favored. And their words line up with the word of God. They're not saying it because they earned it. They're saying it because of what Jesus did for them. So, you know, making that part of coming out of your heart and coming out of your mouth every single day, saying, I'm blessed and highly favored, that's just lining up with the Word of God in Psalms 5.12. It says, He will bless you and surround you with, your, with His favor, with a shield. It's a shield around us of favor, that everywhere we go, that we have God's favor for His doors to open for us. I'm not talking about working out plans that are our plans. I'm talking about giving us favor for His plans to be fulfilled. I'm not talking about a selfish gospel. I'm talking about it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Letting His life live through us. Letting His favor go before us because of His blood, before His plans to be done. I want to make sure you understand that the right perspective that I'm talking about. That I'm not talking about some kind of selfish gospel that we're saying, Oh God, I want, want, want this. I'm talking about the favor that goes before us to work out His plan for His glory, for His kingdom to come, and His will to be done on earth through us. Okay? Amen. Favor brings promotion. In Proverbs 22.11 it says, He who loves a pure heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king for his friend. I've seen that so many times. You know, have you ever been in a situation where it seems like a tense moment, but you knew to choose kind words in that situation, and those kind words, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by our own flesh, but by the, not by mind or power, but by His Spirit through us, those, that, those words of kindness gave favor with someone in a high place, and that opened the door for you. And that's, that lines up with the Word of God that says that if your speech is gracious, you will have favor with the king. And God will do that to fulfill his purposes and his plans. He, his Holy Spirit, which the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, will go before us and open those doors that no man can shut so we can walk through those plans that he has for us. It may be on the mission field. You may need favor in high places to go into places, maybe schools, maybe churches, maybe places 
you know, that underground places, but God will give you that favor that you need to get the gospel out. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, His favor lasts a lifetime. I love that. You know, you may have think, Oh, I had favor with that person at one time. Lord, where's that favor? You know what? God's Word says you have favor that lasts a lifetime. You have favor with Him that lasts a lifetime in eternity because we are His. God sees you with favor. And he, there's some examples in the Word of God of people who He gave favor to constantly. In Nehemiah, Nehemiah himself found favor with the king and he rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem. Esther found favor so much with the king, he offered her up to half his kingdom. Mary found favor with the Lord and birthed our Savior and Lord. Joseph gave, God gave favor and he was put in charge over all the kingdom. He reached his destiny because he made the most out of every opportunity to praise God, even in the hard times, and then God promoted him. You know the story of Joseph, that he was thrown into the pit, but then where did God take him? He took him to the palace. And you know what? That's not saying to seek after just high places. That's saying, you know what? God himself is here allowing him to form character in you as you're going through hard times. As you're facing these tough times, God promises he's going to work all things. Not just some things. He's going to work all things, all things together for his good. And he's going to open up the right doors. And you may not see it right now. As I, You know, I talk about this a lot of times. You may not see it right now, but we walk by faith and not by sight, but let the Lord form His character in you in those hard times so you'll be promoted to your destiny, just like Joseph did. He had to go through a series of events that seemed really tough, but he didn't give up. He kept his eyes on the Lord, and he praised God through them. And that's what I encourage you to do today. Keep your eyes, through those te- eyes on the Lord through those tough times, and God will promote you to the perfect place that He's called you to be in. The lowest points in your life are actually the launching pads to God's greatest promotion in your life. See it as the foundation of your ministry. You know, I know a lot of things if I had not been through some of the toughest times of my life, the lowest points in my life, I I truly believe those are the launching pads like a springboard into the future of the plan that God had for my life for His glory, to bring His name glory. Because if we don't go through things, then we don't know how to have that kind of compassion for people. I love that scripture in the Bible that talks about whatever we've been through, we will have the compassion for others to reach out to them. I know I'm paraphrasing right now, but that's basically what it's about. Whatever you have gone through, each one of you has a ministry. Each one of you are called for a great purpose to use what you've been through as a witness for God's glory. Amen. He doesn't let anything be a mistake. Absolutely nothing you've been through is a mistake. He's faithful to bring you through it, but to use it for His glory. Amen? Don't agree with your circumstances. Agree with God's Word. Amen? That's very powerful. I'm going to say that again. Don't agree with your circumstances. Agree with God's promises. Amen. His promises are yes and amen. When you agree with God's word, you're positioning yourself for a miracle. You know, in Proverbs 8, verse 34, it says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doorway, waiting at my doorway, for whoever finds me finds, what are we talking about today? Life. And receives favor from the Lord. That's why God so passionately completely longs for your heart every day for you to come to Him in prayer and to dig into His Word because he, there's promises of life and favor in that. It says you're blessed if you listen to Him and if you're daily in His Word and you'll find favor and life. Isn't that good? 
He wants good things for us. Thank you, Lord. Well, point number four, God's vision and purpose for your life. First of all, what is your calling? You know, some of us may not know. You know, no matter how old we are, sometimes we're still seeking, Lord, what is my calling in life? Well, Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so a herald may run with it for a revelation awaits appointed time. You know, I know um, um, some stories in our church of precious people who wanted to have a baby and they wrote down those things and Lord, I, I'm trusting you in your appointed time that I will, I will see the victory. And now, wow, all of a sudden we're seeing all these victories all over the place in our church. I mean, it's so exciting to see, you know, but God says he makes everything beautiful in his time. So we have to trust his timing. That's just one example out of thousands of great victories we've heard in our body. And we're so excited about that. And how do you know your calling? Talk to God and listen to him. I know that sounds so basic, but the word of God says, Jeremiah 33.3, it says, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things. He will show you great and mighty things. He wants us to call on him, hear from him, and write it down and run with it. He has a specific calling and direction for each of our lives. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. How comforting is that? That's awesome. I remember when I was in college and, you know, that junior year, you're really trying to decide, okay, what am I for sure going to do? Because, <laughs> you know, the basics the first two years, but then that junior year, you have to know, you've got to write it down and say, okay, I'm going to run with this vision. Well, I remember somebody had that scripture hanging up somewhere, and I remember just staring at it, thinking, that's it. Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I know you're going to instruct and teach me in the way I should go. I know you're going to counsel me, and I know you're going to watch over me. And it's a promise to stand on. He is faithful. He is going to unfold the plan. And it may be one chapter at a time. It may be one sentence at a time, actually. It may be one word at a time. But the point is just to be obedient to what he's revealed to you one step at a time. Our calling as Christians. This is so exciting. I love this part. Our calling as Christians is to go into every man's world and preach the gospel into every vocation, into every job. You know, you may not be called into full-time ministry. You might not be called to go to Africa right now. But you know what? God wants you to go into every single person's world. It may be being a mom. It may be being a teacher. It might be being a fireman. It might be being a pastor. It might be that you're called into full-time ministry. It might be a missionary. But you know what? Whatever it is that God calls your hand to set to in this life, we're all called to be missionaries. We're in every area of our life to bring the gospel into whatever area we're in. Mark 16, verse 15 says, To go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We all have a mission and a vision from God. Most people, you know, I love this next quote. This quote's from my, the very first favorite person in the whole world right here. It says, Most people spend a life making a living, but I want to spend my life making a difference. And that's a quote by my husband, Mark Burkhart. <laughs> and so I love that quote. Um, that, I love it. I love to live by that. You know, if we keep the vision God's put in our heart in front of us, we can run that vision with clarity. And so I just want to encourage you to spend that time with God. Hear from Him. You know, you may already have vision and direction, but God wants to give you more. No matter what age you are. You know what? Your life is not just about survival. It's not about just living out the rest of your life. It may be that you're... You know, up in age, it may be that you're very young. You may be in the middle of life. You may have just kind of been in the mundane. But you know what? God wants to revive that. He wants to give you fresh vision. 
every single day. You know, walking with God is so exciting. Anybody who says, you know, walking with God, oh, that's boring. No way. This is the most exciting road you could take. You know, hearing from God and being obedient and writing down the vision and running with it is the most exciting thing you could ever do. You know, I feel very honored that I had a chance to sit very closely with a great man of God who's gone to be with the Lord. And this is something that he had on his desk. And I was one of the few people who actually got to go to his house, him and his wife's house, and be, and, and spend time with them because I was a chaplain. But um, uh, if you really knew his heart, knew him, I just I do honor him because there was a lot of truth poured into my life through this person. But he, on his desk, Oral Roberts said, had a sign that said, Make no small plans here. And you know what? That impacted me because, you know what? We can either live all about ourselves, paycheck to paycheck, make sure we got a good retirement, you know what, and live all about us. Or we can totally surrender it all to Him and say, God, you know, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I make no small plans here because you're a big God. I'm going to let you dream and do big through me. He's a good God and He wants to do good things. So the reason I share that with you is, you know what, the Lord showed me through that is to write down the vision, keep it ever before you. And I do actually, I pattern after that in my room. I know I've told you all before, I have what I call a dream board. And on it I wrote, um, with God all things are possible. And there's things I'm believing Him for. You know, at one point it would have been a baby. You know, but I'm, I'm past that part now. But <laughs> God wants to do a miracle. But, but, you know, different things I'm believing God for. Maybe a healing relationship, prayer requests, anything. You know, and I encourage you to, you have your own way of doing that. Maybe in a journal, it may just be in your heart. But I encourage you to write it down. Keep that vision in front of you. You know, because just like Or Roberts, you know, having that sign on his desk, make no small plans here. It kept him in vision, kept him in focus on what God had called him to do. Actually, God had spoken to him and told him this was a word God, God gave him, and he ran with it. And he reminded us as students many, many times of this, of this word. And God wants to give you a word so you can run with it for your life. You're no different than him. He's not singled out as one favorite of God. We are all God's favorites as his children. And God had told him to raise up your students to hear God's voice, to go where his light is dim and his voice is heard small. And its healing power is not known, even to the uttermost bounds of the earth. And you know what? That's living an unselfish life. That is being totally surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, living unto Him, going into every man's world, preaching the gospel. And that's what we're all called to do. It may be a daily thing, raising children, going to the grocery store. I'm going to go into every man's world, Lord, and I'm going to be a light right where I am. It might be going into that office where there's lots of business talk going on, but I'm going to be that light. I'm going to go into every man's world and preach the gospel. Amen? Proverbs 4.20 says, Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. And that's what's going to keep you on the right path. The Lord gave me this quote not too long ago. He said, Vision for the future ignites passion for your life. I'm going to say that again. Vision for the future ignites passion for life. And as you know, if you have a vision before you or a goal, that ignites passion within you. And I want to encourage you today, if you feel downcast and you're saying, Kristen, you know what, I have just been through it. My dreams are kind of smushed. (laughs) I don't know what I'm up to. God does. He promises he's going to work it all together for good. He promises that if you just give your heart to him, that he will reignite that passion within you. And he was going to give you that passion for life. He wants to redo it today. He wants to reignite it. You know when sometimes you try to light a fire or to do a cookout or something and it keeps going out? Sometimes we have to fan that flame. 
Okay? Well, you know what? God wants to fan your flame today, and He wants to reignite that vision for life that He has for you today. He wants to do it, and He's going to do it. He wants to infuse your life with purpose. You know, I'll share with you real quick. The Lord had me write down my vision for life not too long ago, and I put it at the back of every one of my journals just to keep... Be keeping me in focus. It's very basic. Uh, I said, Lord, what is my purpose for life? What is my vision? And I wrote, my vision for Kristen is to infuse others in their purpose and destiny by encouraging them with the Word of God. And to me, that's my focus in life. If, if I can fulfill that focus with my husband, with my children, with my family, I want to be a vessel that infuses others with the Word of God so that they can fulfill their purpose and destiny in life. And you know what? The Lord wants to give you a clear vision like that for your life. So write it down and run with it. I'm excited for y'all. Amen. Point number five. See your vision as God sees it. Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, for a great future and hope, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. You know, that's such a common scripture as I talked about before. But you know what? The Lord really wants us to go deeper into that and let our hearts be infused with hope. No matter what our circumstances is, He wants us, our hearts to be infused with hope because our, our lives are in His hands and we're seeking after His vision for our lives. Amen? There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. In Isaiah 33, verse 6, it says, He is the stability of your times. I want you to know if you're going through a rocky time right now, or it seems like it's been forever you've been going through a rocky time, I want you to encourage you. In Isaiah, he says that He is that stability of your times, and He will continue to be. He will bring you out of this as you seek Him. You can look forward to the future. You know, being Mother's Day, I always like to share Proverbs 31, verse 25, and it's so applicable to this message, especially today, that she is clothed. That means she puts on. Not only in the physical, but in the spiritual. And this is for the men, too, that you put on. You are clothed with strength through Him and dignity. And you can laugh at the days to come. That means that you can look forward to these days to come. Because your life is in God's hands. He wants you to see your life as God sees it. In His hands, in His timing, in His will. That He will complete what He started in you. He has perfect timing. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has set eternity in the hearts of men. I love that part, that He set eternity in your heart. He will redeem the time. You know what? If you feel like you've been set through such a rough time and that the enemy has stolen time from you through, through any area of your life, God says in Joel 2.25, this is for you, I will repay you for the years. I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> I love this promise. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. And to me, the locust is the devil, the enemy. You know what? Whatever you've been through in life, where the enemy, you feel like the enemy stole those moments of life, he's got to repay you seven times. Amen. He says he will repay you for those years, and he will. Amen. You got good? Well, you know, talking about timing, I wanted to share a quick little story. When Ashlyn was little, our firstborn child, I remember thinking... Wow, okay. Well, before she went to kindergarten, I was, had so much going on inside of me about decisions, like, this is such an important decision. Where is she going to go to kindergarten? I mean, it was huge. I mean, I had never done this before. And so me and a couple of my other friends, we lived in North Richland Hills at that time, we went from 
school to school to school to school to school interviewing teachers and principals. Now, I, I just laugh when I think about this now, but I was wanting God's will so bad, and I was like, Christian school, public school, you know, back and forth, or homeschool, what do I do? I was a teacher for like seven years, and I, you know, I'm like, do I homeschool, what do I do? Well, you know, a lot of you are going through a lot of decisions right now. That's why I wanted to share this story with you, you know, maybe about college or just different life-giving decisions. And I remember here, I was so really kind of stressed out about it, actually, because I'm like trying to make this decision on my own. The Lord just said, trust me. I'm like, okay, Lord, but I have to sign on the dotted line. Where is she going to go, you know? And so, and I really cared about where she went to school, what influences were in her life, because, you know, at a Christian school or homeschool, they can have that, that godly worldview, you know, sewn into their lives. Well, yeah, it was really funny because at that time, right after that time, it was paralleling in time, the Lord said immediately, move to Louisiana, help start a medical mission ministry. Okay, <laughs> sell your house and go. I mean, and this like all happened like it really like all like this really fast. And all it makes me laugh because thinking about how much time and almost, I, I hate to say it, but worry, you know, kind of stressed out about, okay, where's she going to go to kindergarten? Which... <laughs> It was just a waste of time because guess what? She didn't go to any of those 15 schools I visited. <laughs> none of those principals, none of them. So, cause, because it, God ended up moving us to Louisiana for a year. And praise God, great, precious Christian school there, um, Evangel Christian Academy, that she got to go to uh, kindergarten to, right there, right where Mark helped start the medical ministry. And, I mean, God knew. He already foreknew. The reason I'm sharing this, He already foreknew what was going to happen, how it was going to happen. And all he said is, Kristen, trust me. I'm going to open the right doors. I'm going to have you walk through the right doors. Just trust my timing on this. So I thought that was a fun story. <laughs> Point number, number six. An eternal view changes everything. You know, if we can see our life as God sees it through an eternal view, it changes absolutely everything. It really does, doesn't it? An eternal view changes absolutely everything. In John 3.16, the latter part, it says, Whoever believes in me will have eternal life. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has set eternity in all of our hearts. Wow, He set eternity in our hearts. We're His children, so we have eternity in our hearts. You know, I started thinking about this a couple of days ago. I said, wow, okay, if eternity is in our hearts and we're eternal beings... God is eternal God. That means my strength is eternal. I need new strength, Lord. Okay, I, and I was like, "Woo! I have eternal strength. Thank you, Lord. As a mom, you know, you have to do so much. I have eternal strength. So that was just a little side note there. I thought that was cool. Well, you know, we have eternity in our hearts. So we're a part of an everlasting kingdom. Now, I started thinking about God's kingdom. You know, as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in our lives. That's the, our daily prayer. Well, you know, I was thinking about that we are, we are an everlasting kingdom. Well, thinking about these kingdoms, and I was thinking about all the things going on in Europe and everything, and I was thinking, you know what? We're the bride of Christ. And one day, there will be the royal wedding, as we have all heard a lot about on the news. You know, the royal wedding that just happened. We will be a part of the royal wedding one day. Isn't that exciting? I mean, I think that's so awesome to keep an eternal perspective. So whatever we're going through today, does it really matter in the light of eternity? Come on. It doesn't matter. All the little things that people may worry about today, it doesn't matter in the light of eternity. Only things that matter are the things that are done unto the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to souls that are saved that we can take with us. And so, you know, with all these little things that we get bogged down, decisions, God cares about those. He wants to direct us. Obviously, he worked out every detail when we're seeking him. But we, he doesn't want us to spend our lives stressed out or worried about every detail. He wants us to seek him and have peace in every detail. Because he said eternity in our hearts. He's the one working out the plans for our life. He will fulfill the purposes of our life. And one day there will be a royal wedding where we will be the bride. Amen? In Revelation 19 verse 2 it says, For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and the bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. So this makes it to where our circumstances absolutely don't define us. You know, one thing could change everything in a moment. You know, if you, need, if you need provision and you need wealth, maybe there's a bill that's due and you need that. Well, you know what? God says, I will provide all your needs. And you know what? Jesus could come back tomorrow. Hey, woohoo! You know, I'm just saying if we, if we have an eternal perspective on life for every detail we're going through that lifts the burden off of us, and it puts it, we can, he says to cast all your burdens on the Lord, and he will sustain us. We can give those burdens to the Lord, and he promises he will take care of it. He's the one who's going to take care of it. And if we keep our eyes on eternity and eternal perspective, then it's going to balance out everything else in life and take the burden off of us. He did not create us for us to be bound up in stress. He wants to set us free. You know, there's a scripture. This is not my notes. Sorry, guys. But, but the Lord said in Job, he talked about he wants to get you out of stress into a spacious place, free from restriction to the comfort of his table, laden with choice food. What that says to me is God wants to rescue you out of that situation and place you into a place of plenty. But that is when we're trusting in him. He wants us to trust him. He will never fail us. Amen? So don't let your circumstances define you. Keep an eternal view. If you keep an eternal view, it changes absolutely all of life's perspectives. Jesus could absolutely come back today. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, remind yourself every day that we're part of an eternal kingdom and keep an eternal perspective, and that will keep your life in balance. Point number seven, as we almost close, see your children and future generations as God sees you. He wants us to see our kids, our future generations, all the people that are coming after us as God sees them. Even if you're not married or you don't have children, this is for you too. Don't count yourself out. You have power of influence on all those around you. I want to encourage you that you have a strong influence on all those around you to affect future generations. And you know what? These future generations are the only things that we can take into the future are these lives we invest in. That's why it's so important, the influence that we have on them. It's so important that we choose life-giving decisions. You know, as I said earlier, this sermon is all about life and having life abundantly, fulfilling the abundant life that God has planned for you. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, it says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and you may love the Lord your God and listen to His voice and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life and He will give you many years in the land He swore to give you. You know, it's very important that we make life-giving decisions that influence our lives, that influence our children's lives, all of the ones around us' lives. 
First of all, what influences you? I want you to take inventory of your heart today. Remember earlier we talked about your own self-portrait. What influences your heart in defining yourself? What influences you? What you watch? What music you listen to? What do you let pour into your heart? What life-giving or death-giving things are you letting in your eye gates, your ear gates, within your life? Because those are the things that are going to define you and the generations after you. You know, there's a quote that said, thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits. Habits form character, and character makes your legacy. And I want to encourage you today to let your legacy be filled with life-giving choices. The decisions you make now go into the future generations. It's like a domino effect. It will pour into the lives of those coming after you. I'm going to quote one more time my husband, Mark Burkhardt. He said once, The condition of one's spirit affects the decisions that we make. So I want to encourage you today that the condition of your spirit is right with God through Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus today as your Savior and Lord, I pray you receive Him today. Because that is what's going to fill your heart and your whole being with life-giving decisions. You must choose life-giving words. You must impart life and blessings to your children. You know, so many times I've been in public places and I've heard people say little things about their kids. And I don't even want to repeat them. That's how badly it grieves my spirit. But you've heard people make little comments or label their children or other people's children with different comments or phrases. I want to encourage you today to ask God to set a guard over your lips for the sake of your children and the children's children and the children's children's children and all the generations after you to speak life-giving words over your children. Don't call them a little animal. Do not call them Call them what God has called them to be, a blessing. You must choose life. Amen. It's worth it. (laughs) Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm going to say that again. The tongue has the power of life. And I'm going to stop right there. The power of life. You have the power of life to speak into other people's lives life. And life abundantly. And that starts with the word of God and praying the word of God over them. Proverbs 10 verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. If you were here, I think it was two years ago, or maybe it was last year, I had a fountain. And reminded you to be that fountain of life. Speak life-giving words so that others may live. We must empower our children with God's purpose and His word and His vision for their life. I know someone precious in our congregation keeps a little book about the baby-to-be, and it's so awesome to me. She's written down quotes about things that people have said that are life-giving for her child in scriptures. And you know what? I think that's precious because that child one day can read that vision for their life and run with it. Wow, what a blessing that will be to their life. In Isaiah 54, verse 13, it says, All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be your children's peace. One of the schools I taught in once had that huge on their wall. It was like, huh, I don't see how many years ago, but actually it was Lake Country Christian School way out in Asa where I taught there. Um, it was my first year of teaching, and I remember every time I'd lead all those little kids down the hall, those second graders, I'd see that written across the wall. And it impacted me for life because I would pray that over those kids. Lord, thank you that all these children will be taught by you, and great will be their peace. And that, that, that it was ingrained in my heart, and I'm, I, I pray that over my own kids all the time. And you know what? If you don't even have kids, pray that over the kids and the people around you, no matter what age they are, that they'll be taught of the Lord and that great will be their peace. 
Psalms 22.30 says, Future generations will be taught about the Lord, and they will proclaim His righteousness to a people yet unborn. That's why it's important we plant those seeds of faith into those around us so that they can tell the generations after them. You know, God is very specific in His Word about how much He cares about these future generations. Pray God's promises over your future generations. I'm going to tell you this, and we're about to close. But, um, I do this every day over my family. I pray many scriptures over my kids daily. And every day I'm praying over them, Lord, thank you for Ashlyn and her future husband. Thank you for Austin, his future wife. Thank you for Auburn and her future husband, Lord. And I thank you for all my future generations after me. And, Lord, I thank you. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mom, my dad, and stepdad, everybody. I go through the whole line. And all my children, all the future generations in my heart, and I plead the blood of Jesus over everybody in our family line and seek blessings over them, and I pray the word over them daily. It's just, it's been so ingrained. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Get scripture. Pray over them and all your generations after you, and it will make a difference. So I encourage you to do that. In Isaiah 59, verse 29, it says, My spirit who is on you and my words I've put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from the mouths of their descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. We must fight in the spirit for the future of our offspring and for those coming after us. So I want to encourage you to take authority over any situation that's going on in in any of the lives around you and claim them through the blood of Jesus for God's glory. In Proverbs 23.18 it says, There is a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Psalms 127.3 says, Sons are a gift from the Lord. Children are a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons in the hands of a warrior. They're like arrows. And the reason why, I feel like the Lord showed me in the Bible why it's called, they're like arrows. Why children are like arrows going into the future. They shoot forward. They shoot into the future. And we are sending them forth into the future like arrows. They're being shot forth ahead of us with God's purposes and His plans. They are your future legacy. And you know what? Like I said before, if even if you don't have children, those around you you are mentoring and influencing, you are shooting them into the future. I think about Pays and all that they are doing, the great things they're doing, you know, going to these schools, mentoring kids. They're shooting them into the future, changing generations because their life, as they receive Christ, their families will receive Christ, their children receive Christ, and it's pouring into the generations after us for salvation. God is so good. He says that in Isaiah 43.3, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring, my blessing on your descendants. Well, God is so good. I'm going to encourage you to go over the main points one more time. To see your life as God sees it. By seeing yourself as God sees you. By seeing God's freedom for your life. By seeing God's favor for your life. Seeing God's vision for your life. Seeing God's future for your life. Keeping an eternal view that changes your life, seeing your children and your future generations as God sees them. Amen? Well, I want to take this time right now to pray a prayer of blessing over all of you. I pray this over all my family every single day. So you are my family also. So I would like to pray this prayer of blessing over your life. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I'd love to pray this over you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for your promises. Lord, I thank you for these precious people here today. Lord, I thank you that by the blood of Jesus, we are made set free. Lord, I thank you that we can see ourselves as you see us, God. Lord, I thank you that we are free by the blood of Jesus. 
And Lord, I thank you for that we all have a great future and hope for our lives. Lord, I pray that you instill a new, fresh vision today in each one of us, God, that we will see ourselves as you see us, God, and that our future generations will also see themselves as you see them, Lord. God, we call them saved and blessed today, God. We thank you, Father, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. Father, I thank you for your word in Deuteronomy 28 that says all these blessings shall come upon us and overtaken us. God, I pray that all your people will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country, that the fruit of our womb will be blessed and the crops of our ground and the young of our livestock, the calves of our herds, the lambs of our flocks, that our basket and kneading trough will be blessed, that we'll be blessed when we come in and blessed when we go out. Pray that you would cause the enemies who rise up against us to be defeated before us. And I pray that they will, when they come at us in one direction, they will have to flee in seven ways in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you would send your blessing on every person's finances and on everything they put their hand to. Lord, I pray that you would bless them in the land you are giving them. I pray that you will establish them as your holy people, as you promised us. Lord God, and I pray that all the people of the earth will see that they are called by the name of the Lord and that they will fear you. Lord, I pray that you would give them abundant prosperity in the fruit of their womb, in the young of their livestock, in the crops of their ground, and in the land you swore to give them. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you would open the heavens, the storehouse of your bounty, and send rain on their land and season, and that you would bless all the work of their hands. Thank you that they will lend and not borrow. Thank you that you will make them the head and not the tail, always at the top, never at the bottom. Because of you, Lord, because of your blood, Lord, I thank you that you will fulfill your purposes for all their lives. In Jesus' name, the name above every name, amen. Amen. Well, it's been such a pleasure speaking with y'all today. It's been a joy in my heart. It's been awesome. You know, I also want to take this time today. We never like to close the service without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You know, the whole reason we're here today is because of Him. You know, Jesus Himself died on the cross. God Himself came down in the form of man and hung on that cross for us, went to hell, paid the price for us completely on that cross. He died for you. And if you think you know Him but you're not for sure today, I want you to make this today. What a great Happy Mother's Day present that would be to give your mother. Tell her, I received you as Savior and Lord. You know, he, he died. He paid the price for all of our sins. It's the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed all sin from us. That it, once we receive him, everything we've ever done or said that has separated us from him is gone. That he's washed us completely clean, just like on that chalkboard in that video that you watched earlier. That every single thing in life, every issue, every sin that has separated us has been washed away and washed clean through his blood. And I want to encourage you today to open the door of your heart to Him, to receive Him as your Savior and as your Lord. He has a good plan for you, just like we talked about today. And so I want you to receive Him. Let's all pray together. And if this is your first time to pray to receive Christ as your Savior and Lord, please come tell Pastor Mark or I after the service. We'd love to to disciple you and to get you plugged in so that you can know more about Him. Let's all pray. Please repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me 
Change my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I am saved. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. It's such a joy to be with you today. And I encourage you today to see your life as God sees it. God bless you. I love you.